Brain Candy Podcast. I'm your host, Susie Meister. And I'm Sarah Rice. What yeah. other half of this crazy equation? I feel like we've been giving a lot of attention to ladies lately, so maybe it's time we give the fellas a chance around here. Yeah, let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> What's the um, chromosome situation? I know that sounds stupid, but I f- always forget. Like X, Y, or XX for boys. Women are XX and men are XY. You get like the, that's why they say like you all kind of start out as a woman. That's like yeah. the whole, oh. you like the X is like the, the base and then the, you get the Y from That seems like it would be the whatever. opposite because it like grow like an X has an extra little wiener on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you think that it should be the X or That's man. why I always get well, I think up. a Y kind of looks like a dick though. Oh, okay. Let me show you a Y. Look at, doesn't it kind of oh. look dicky? Yeah, but that top part looks like a vagina. You're right. It looks like a perfect combo. <laughs> this both. doesn't help at all. No. Anyway, we love boys. And so that we have some favorite fellas that we've been yes. compiling and we wanted to share them with you. Share the love. Well, I mean, you know, because I, I think people get the wrong idea when we talk about like, you know, women are great. Women are wonderful. Yes. But you know what is also great and wonderful? Men as well. And our favorite kind of men smarties oh we love some i am okay and funnies i thought yes smarties and funnies well this is it is i you know there were studies done by uh couples that have been married over 40 years and they said what attracts you to your partner and it was always the thing that they found most attractive was when they were passionate about something and they were doing something that they loved and when they were doing like watching the other person like i find my husband most attractive when he's like in his element and, and passionate about what he's doing and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think the men that we're really attracted to uh, are passionate about what they do. I think that's a very attractive quality. And these three guys we're talking to are definitely passionate about what they do, and that makes it, them very attractive. I have a question. Did I, that yeah. study go both ways? Like, did, Yes. Oh, okay, that's nice. And don't you feel like when... Yes, when men watched their the women, they said they... And uh, they were very proud of like their wives' accomplishments. That's nice. Yeah. Huh. yeah. It was never anything like, you know, oh, she's like the domestic goddess or, oh, she looks fabulous in, you know, heels. Yeah. It was, I love her when she's, you know, passionately giving a speech at, you know, whatever. You know what I will say, though, is there is nothing that I admire more because I could never do it than women that are like super great moms. Like the ones that I have this one in mind, she would plan like, it wasn't to show off. She would plan these parties that were just like so special. Mm-hmm. And like on Christmas morning, they would do let's make a deal. And ha- they would have all these awesome. Oh, Leah, if you're listening, I was always jealous of you. I'm sure you already oh, know that. Oh, that's fa- fun. Their family owned a chocolate factory. Oh, get out of town with that. <laughs> yeah, no I want to grow up jealous. in that life. <laughs> but the, her mom in particular had just made everything so fun and special. I'm not good at that. Well, that's what her passion was. Yeah. It's the same way I love... Doing like the crafty stuff. And, you know, every time I come over, I'm like, here, here's another piece of art for you to hang in your house. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see why, for whether it's towards men or towards women, why that would yeah, be such an attractive, attractive quality. Um, okay. So do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into our interviews or do you want to just dive in or? Let's dive right in. Okay. Man. Well, our first guest is named Adam Frank and I kind of discovered him on Twitter, which is where I find so many cool people. Right. And he is an astrophysicist at the University of Rochester. He's the author of About Time, Cosmology, Culture, and the Twilight of the Big Bang. What? Yeah, right? 
I mean, can you even stand how smart this dude is going to be? So smart. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to sound so dumb. Well, the problem is I'm going to sound too super fanny, like with all the guys we're talking to. <laughs> I know. And I just want to ask him about how much he loves the movie The Martian. What are we going to do about waste disposal in space? <laughs> we have a lot of questions. I know. I want to know about inventions that NASA has helped, you know, push forward. Yeah, so I hope you guys will check him out on Twitter. Let me look up his handle and you can follow him. Hold yeah. on. Hold the phone. Let's do it. This is what our fans hate that yeah. I do. Da, I da, 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 da. We should have some of that hold please music, you it's know, probably that like just at Adam Frank and that's Yeah, that comes on like in elevators and like like in old timey TVs and there'll be like a screen and it'll be like technical difficulties <laughs> and like just a blank it's screen will come up. At Adam Frank four, the number four. So you can follow him on Twitter. He posts a lot of great content and you think he was pissed it. about Adam Frank one, two, and three. <laughs> it was like those fuckers got to him before. Or maybe me. like number four is a magical number. Oh yeah. And we don't know about that. Oh. Well, anyway, well, you guys can ask him over Twitter. Get yeah. to the bottom of that number four. So, Adam, let's just start at the beginning. I want to know, when did you fall in love with science? Um, so I'm one of those weird kids who, like, it was just always astronomy. Um, but when, as I was, you know, getting older, I started reading Carl Sagan, you know, when I was in my teens. Um, and, you know, he's really the one who introduced me to uh, sort of the connections, that, that all the stuff that I was really loving about science occurred through human activity at various times in history and that history mattered and the, the culture and the art of the times really mattered. Um, and also both my parents were writers. So I kind of, oh, you know, that, interesting. But, um, so I've always been interested in the ways in which science and culture sort of flow through each other. Um, I, they're, they're not, in, they're not disconnected. So, it sounds like you're perfect for us because we like yeah. to pretend that we're representative of the right and left brain. Right. And that's kind of what you're up to, right? Yeah, you know, in many ways, that whole right brain, left brain distinction, I, I would say that I don't think there is such a strong distinction between it. Because to me, you know, one of the things I'm really interested in when I think about art is the way in which the methods of, you know, what you do as a scientist or what you do as an artist, not, you know, the specific using math or not, how similar they are. When I talk to my friends who are painters or whatever, and I watch them just mixing their paints or, or mucking about, you know, there's that process of just fooling around, which is absolutely central to both art and science. Well, how come, why do you think people are so married to this idea that you're either creative or pragmatic well i think people say not to you know jump in there but i think people say left brain and right brain (laughs) and think it's one science and math and one's art and literature whatever but the truth is that there is a distinction between what they do it's just one is very literal and logical and linear and other words that start with l uh and one (laughs) is very imaginative and more emotional so it's really the blend you really, I mean, you need both, both are essential. But so when somebody says, Oh, you know, I'm, Oh, I'm a, a right or left brain thinker, whatever. Yeah. You may be great at math, but that's because you're a very like linear forward thinker, but somebody who's going to like think of math in terms of like a big concept or like any kind of like theoretical math would also have to have a lot of that right brain, emotional and creative. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's you know, uh, the, there's so much imagination in science, right? Oh, there's yeah. Much, there's so much imagination and fancy and the emotional response, the idea, you know, I mean, 
scientists, you know, we get really passionate. We see incredible beauty in, mm. in the stuff we do. The mathematics that I do, you know, is so um, sublime. You know, I'm, I'm driven to states of, of rapture sometimes, you know, literally. Uh, hmm. that I do. And, you know, it, it's not different from, you know, listening to Led Zeppelin, a really great, you know, um, you know, sometimes it'll be the same emotion. So I think I agree yeah. that there's certainly the big difference between science and the arts is the role of evidence. I think oh. that more than anything is the thing that separates them. But, um, you know, in terms of like imagination and creativity, I think they're, they're, they're they literally spring from the same source. Do you think that you're a rare breed in your field? Um, I'm weird, but I've always been weird. Not for those reasons. I think, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, most scientists, I mean, there's definitely, there, you know, there's definitely the, 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 um, the stereotype of a scientist is being very sort of, you know, either a social or, <laughs> you know, somebody who's, you know, very literal. I mean, that exists, but you'd be surprised how few people actually, how few people who work in science are actually like that. You know, I was reading the article that, uh, you promoted on Twitter about why the humanities are important. And um, I was struck by at the end of the article where you suggested that everybody should graduate college knowing how to program a computer in addition to being familiar with the humanities. I was shocked by that because I don't know how to program a computer, Neither but I, I wish I did. That would be wonderful. I don't even know yeah, what well, that's that really, I mean, that's very much about the state of where things are now. I mean, I think for 18-year-olds, it's essential because right. uh, two words. There's two words, and it's big data. You know, data is shaping our lives in such profound ways that nobody's going to be able to get away from it. Like I was pointing out that historians now uh, and, and, and English professors use big data. There was a project I thought was super awesome where somebody looked at the um, Beowulf, I think it was. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they, they analyzed the, the, the social network in Beowulf to try and figure out whether or not Beowulf was really based on real people or was it just a fantasy. Because you can tell, mm -hmm. we know, you know, you can do a mathematical analysis of social networks and see what real social networks look like, you know, yeah. uh, in a high school, in an office building. And so, you know, like that was a perfect example of asking a sort of humanities question but using these new methods that come from, you know, data processing, come from big data to answer it. So I think if you're 18 years old to, to miss the fact that probably no matter what you do, whether you're a screenwriter or a sociologist or a physicist, to, to miss the, 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 you know, some kind of being able to become competent with, with machines, meaning computers, I think it's just going to limit people. It would limit you so much that it's not worth it, you know. Mm, that's really interesting. Well, and just listening to you explain that makes me think that we almost need to rename the classes yeah. because by calling it math, <laughs> I know like a thousand million kids who are like, oh, I'm bad at math and I don't want to do it. But right. if it were like something analysis <laughs> of the da, da 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 you'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of cool. I'll take that class. So maybe if we like, you know, maybe there's a branding problem. It's, there's a branding problem. <laughs> there is, you know, and there's the way, certainly the way it's been taught, and the way it is represented in culture 
as being something only for nerds or for, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, you know, mega brains or something. I mean, it just by its that nature, it sort of iso- isolates it. Or and worse when a... people think that it's for dudes. Yeah. Well, that's right. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the way yeah. it gets shifted, the, the, you know, the inherent sexism that happens, you know, that, you know, you know, young girls are absolutely awesome in math. And then it's exactly at puberty when they don't want to mm-hmm. seem weird or whatever, or the social pressures mm-hmm. get put on uh, often from male teachers that, uh, mm. oh, you can't be good at this. Girls aren't good at this. And it just blows it right out of the water. You know, those bastards. man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What do you, what do yeah. you think is the thing that people are most confused about what it is that you do? Oh, good question. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, well, first of all, when I tell people I'm an astronomer, they think I look through telescopes, which I don't, uh, don't ever want to I would have thought that. I would too. I mean, I know I that that's not what you do, but the visual is... I will is... break it, I promise. Um, so that's why I do math. You know, I'm a, I'm a theoretical astrophysicist. Uh, so I, I sit in a dark room and do math. Well, actually, I, you know, use com- supercomputers. Um, but I use the data from 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 telescopes because I love those pictures. Ever since I was a kid, those pictures, you know, they're they're they blow my mind. Um, and then the other thing is that yeah, people. I don't think it's, again. This goes back to this question of the sciences and and the left brain right brain thing. I think people think what I do is is all about facts. It's just about facts, you know. And science, you know, there's obviously facts play a big role, but it's really much more about ideas. You know, mm-hmm. it's about ideas and concepts. And the role of play in that, I think, you know, people don't necessarily, you know, they think they think science is just a march of facts. Um, and that's Well, I think I have my Ph.D. in religious studies. And one of the problems that I feel that people have with religion is that it's so abstract and sort of big and it's such a weird vague concept i have that same problem when thinking about what it is you do mm-hmm. like the world the universe is so big and vast and growing and my brain can't handle it it's like thinking about eternity i just start to get sad inside so <laughs> what's the what's the answer how can we help people uh think about that concept without becoming overwhelmed well i think first of all is to understand that um you know, the Earth is a planet. The Earth is just one planet out of all these planets. And so, you know, the, the infinite is in the is in the particular, you know, the abstract is in the concrete. So when I, you know, sit on a hill and I look out over, you know, uh, you know, over the landscape and see the blue sky and the clouds, I also see all the other planets that are out there, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a little bit of a step for me to imagine that, you know, maybe the 
the, the landscape wouldn't be green, but it would be maybe pink because the photosynthesis, photosynthesis would be a little bit different. So, you know, the route, and I think this is, you know, my first book that I wrote was about science and religion. Um, and so, you know, to see that the, the route to, to, to everything is through something in particular, through just this coffee cup, you know, or just, yeah. the, just this moment. So, um, and the other thing I think about the, uh, it's for, I mean, to me, when I think about like how big the universe is, it doesn't make me depressed. It makes oh, me very happy. What's the secret? Why not? Because <laughs> what it means is who cares about my problems, man? Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. My, you know, my sink is busted, which actually it is at home. But yeah. but, you know, it's a, it's a giant universe that's been around 13.7 billion years. How much can that, what, how much of a bummer can that be? Right. Mm. So, um, it puts it into context, right? What happens, I think, in life, and I think this is one of the roles of religion, is that, you know, we get overwhelmed. We get, we're get we in this little tight little closet of our emotions. And the purpose of science and the purpose of a spiritual life is to open, you know, instead of having those emotions and feelings in a closet, have them in a stadium. There's just a lot more room, you know? Mm. And so it just doesn't matter that much uh, when under those contexts. And I find that enormously um, comforting. Oh. How long have you been teaching? Uh, let's see. I got my PhD in 92. So, you know, kind of since then. Do you feel like students have changed over the time you've been teaching? Yeah, they've gotten younger. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, at first I was like, really? Are people graduating? And I went, wait a sec. It's like they all look like my daughter now. You it's know? horrible. Like, it's so young. Um <laughs> No, in terms of I, I don't find them to be, uh, you know, certainly not in a negative way. And actually, in many ways, I find the students now to be pretty engaged. You know, I mean, you know, one of my big issues is climate change and understanding climate change in its sort of cosmic context. Um, and I find students to be really uh, aware of what's going on and really thoughtful about, you know, the, 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 the lives you know, and the, uh, that they're living in the future that they're moving into. Why do you think that we haven't heard more about climate change in the electoral Ooh. cycle so far? Well, we have been hearing it from one party. It's the <laughs> other party, which yeah. seems to be, you know, so quiet. Oh, you know, and I can't speak to how dangerous this is because, you know, climate change, obviously, you know, politics is politics and it's, you know, there's going to be different opinions of things and that's fine. But climate change is not something you get to have an opinion about, right? This idea that like, do you believe in climate change is like, well, I don't know, do you believe in gravity? You know, it's like, and there's, there's certainly lots of room to, to, to have different opinions about what our response should be. But the fact that like literally in some of the debates on the Republican side, it, it's not even being brought up. Yeah. Is so, you know, we, the United States has been the leader in science and technology for a century now. You know, the, we hear the ones who came up with the computer. We're the ones who invented the Internet. We're the ones who invented the laser. And basically by sort of saying like, oh, here's this whole branch of science we're not even allowed to talk about. What we're also doing is we're going to be ceding our um, leadership in science and technology to some other country mm -hmm. because, you know, we're saying like, oh, we don't like this branch of science, so therefore we're not going to talk about it. It's like that's a slippery slope to saying like, okay, we didn't really go to the moon. That was all a conspiracy. <laughs> well, how does – and how, I'm curious as to how – because uh, I'm with you, man, and how climate change ties in or has an effect, like, on, I don't know, interplanetarily. 
Mm. Well, this is actually, this is a huge piece of both research and probably be my next book. You know, the problem with climate change, the way people talk about it, it's like, oh, it's a Republican versus Democrat issue. You know, it's about politics. And in fact, actually, what I think is that climate change is actually our coming of age as a planetary species. That um, I just have a new paper about uh, where we showed that, um, I won't go into the details, but we basically showed that odds are intelligent civilizations have probably popped up across, you know, perhaps trillions of times across the cosmic history. Yeah. Um, and what that also means is that what we're going through now, where our civilization is feeding back on the planet, it's changing the planet, there's a certain way in which that may be inevitable. If you're a, if you're a civilization and you get mm -hmm. to the point where you're you know, using a lot of energy, the laws of thermodynamics say that you know the planet, the climate system is going to start feeling that. So this bottleneck that we're in, where our civilization is being, is being challenged by its own byproducts, its own waste products, that could be universal. That could be a, mm -hmm. a, something that happens to every civilization. And either you figure out how to deal with it or you disappear, right, mm. or you die. Um, so in that way, it's kind of like I can imagine, you know, like when you're a teenager, right, you get the keys to the car and you either are an idiot and you kill yourself, right? I mean, you know, this is the thing with teenagers, right? You either learn, you either mature and you understand your own power over yourself or you don't make it very far. And I think that is actually what's happening. We're, we're now a species that has entered into its uh, teenagehood and we're either going to make it through this uh, and join the cosmic winners or, you know, we're going to go the way of, of, you know, the dodo. So to that speak. really does put your broken sink in perspective. <laughs> It does. Oh, it my does. God. It allows us to see the power we have. What it means is, you know, people also, climate change on one level means that we are mighty, right? We as a species, we're a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, you know, formerly, we're hairless apes, essentially. We've evolved on this planet. Um, and yet we've gotten to the point where we have changed the entire atmosphere like or the atmosphere fast, properties of an entire planet. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Mm. And so if we learn how to manage that, then... You know, who knows what we're going to be capable of. But if we don't, then, yeah, then it's, you know, tough luck for us. Yeah. I can't remember which the theoretical physicists coined this whole idea that there are different stages that a civilization goes through. And, like, we're like a stage one because we have yet to harness or maybe yeah, zero. The, the, the uh, card card. Kardashian, I can't remember, Kardashian, I think it's the Kardashian scale. Somebody else, well, I'm sure, will eat you well yeah. on what it is. But yeah, the idea of how much energy, of how much input, uh, you know, the inputting or the incoming energy from your star you can harvest. So yes. like, I don't even know if we're a type one yet because we're not even harvesting all of the sun's energy that we get. And then a type two was where you could get all of the sun's energy by building a big sphere, a Dyson sphere around um, around your star. And then I think a type three was where you could get all the energy from a galaxy. So yeah. we're not even at a type one yet. Yeah. So that's implying that there are others that have already done this. So we're brand new and we need to figure something out because exactly. what we're doing we're, sure ain't working. And right. we're brand new, but it's possible. I mean, that's the beauty of where we're at now. We're just at this. Fa I mean, it's, 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 I'm very hopeful. I am oh, very yeah, hopeful absolutely. that we can just, you know, we can just wake up, you know? You know, I was reading something or listening to another podcast that that was talking about the colonization of Mars and what problems we would run into. And somebody brought up the question of what would we do with trash? Because something can't be bio. You can't have anything biodegradable if there's no bio anything to 
degrade yeah. it. And it would just like you bury it and it stays there for forever. So that got me thinking of like how these questions that we bring up about space exploration or about how to, you know, harness energy for space travel or something like that can, when looking at something from a huge perspective, we, it can answer questions or answer problems that we are dealing with right here. Like if we were, if somebody were to go in and solve what to do with trash on Mars, Hey, that would totally work with all the trash we have here too. So it's like looking at the big picture can often help. And I feel like NASA and all these, you know, in, in astrophysics has, has often been very uh, helpful in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, there, there's been a lot of ways in which solving problems for through, you know, the first internet browser was invented by a bunch of astronomers, um, actually an astronomy undergraduate who was trying to figure out how to move information back, how to move pictures back and forth. Yeah. Well, so, and I heard that that's where uh, digital imaging processing came from, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, we just want to look at things far away in space closer right. and we're like, hey, that'll work on my camera, too. Yeah. Right. And how many zillions of dollars came out of the Internet? So it's right. like, you know, you never know when you're, you're, you know, you have to apply science and technology to answer problems at the front edge of what you're doing. And then you never know how that's going to spiral back onto the culture. I think as a that's whole. so cool. Well, I'm just going to depend on Adam here to do it because I'm just going to think about Jesus and all that. <laughs> and then you guys do the hard work. <laughs> that's all I ask. Just solve all the world's problems. Solve all the world's problems. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what the students, students are going to be, I mean, and I, I went to a, um, uh, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy came and gave a talk at the university earlier this year. And they, you know, they invited me to go meet him, you know, with a bunch of other students. Yeah. And so I met him, he's a great guy and everything. And then I went to the, you know, to the, the lecture where he was speaking and the, the lecture hall, it wasn't a lecture hall, it was an auditorium. And it was packed, I mean, to the gills with young students who were like, they were like, Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> Well, they love him. And oh, they, he's like great. a celeb. He's yeah, and huge. He was, and he was talking to them about how it was going to be up to them to save the world. So that's the way he kept putting it. Um, <laughs> through, you know, by, by inventing stuff and, you know, being through science and technology. And they were so, I mean, they were ready. These kids were ready that's to cool. go out there and solve these problems. That makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah it is kind of too. inspiring to hear younger kids get excited about these things. I feel like the it's become kind of cool to be nerdy and to be yeah. hip to all this stuff. And I don't well, know, maybe it's like the Big Bang Theory no, television no, that's show actually, we could thank for but this. This goes, back, this goes back to my point about the um, humanity, science and the humanities, right? Is that, you know, there's that famous um, essay by C.P. Snow about the two cultures. This was like, I think he wrote that in the 20s. And he was, you know, decrying the split between the humanities and the sciences. But now... Science is culture, right? Because yeah. of technology and the internet and big data, there's such a small, short gap between developing a new app and knowing enough programming to be able to develop that app and having that app change culture entirely. So it's not, you know, it is cool to be a, a programmer, you know, with a big beard and a you know, big Civil War beard, you know, or whatever. Hipsterism <laughs> with programming capacities, right? Well, I would encourage our followers to find you on Twitter at Adam Frank Four. Sarah, is there anything else you wanted to nerd out about before we let him go? Oh God, there's so many things, but you know, <laughs> that'll have to do it for now. Adam, thanks for coming on the Brain Candy Podcast. You're a joy. Oh, it was a great pleasure. You guys are fun. Thank you Thank so much. You. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Bye.
I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Adam Frank. Thank you for coming on, Adam. He's so smart. I have a million more questions. And he's so nice, yeah. too. Yeah, and adorable. Yeah. I'm glad we, we cut you off, though, because that could have gone all day. I know. I know. And I'm sitting here with, like, a thousand <laughs> other dying questions, and I didn't even get to trash in space. You really <laughs> you really controlled yourself. I'm, sort of. It I'm was proud hard. of you. <laughs> Introducing Play.it, a podcast network like no other. From award-winning news programming and number one sports brands to entertainment and business leaders. Welcome! We're going to make you laugh. We're going to make you think. The biggest stories in entertainment. What's happening in business today. Relationships, dating, pop culture, celebrity. Give you that news and information. The biggest names in sports. Play.it is delivering storytelling at its best. Want to see something entertaining? Tune in. Hear what you've been missing at Play.it. Listening to the Brain Candy Podcast with Susie Meister and Sarah Rice. Okay, so who's up next? Who's our next guest? Next we have Miles. Miles Khan. Miles Khan. With a K, He's not like the artist. K-A-H-N. Is there a Miles Khan that's an artist? <laughs> no, Khan artist. Oh god. That was a terrible <laughs> No, joke. I wasn't even I was just saying not with a C, like Okay, like a con. Okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> Sort of. Is there a Miles Gunn that's an artist? I don't know. I thought maybe you were like some in, into some like new I love that. art that I don't know about. And like, <laughs> I need to get down with this new artist. <laughs> no, Miles Khan. Tell Why do we have to have him on? Because you what? were the, you spearheaded Hello. this campaign. He works on Full Frontal and Full Frontal with Samantha B. in case you do not know, is the greatest show on television. Why do you love it? I mean, I love it. But. I love it. Well, okay, this is hilarious. I've shared this story. So I've been trying to get my husband to watch Full Frontal with Samantha B for like two months. I've been telling him because he loves all those political shows. He loves Bill Maher. He loves Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And I said, honey, you are going to love this show. It's so funny. It's so politically charged. She's so hilarious. Why was he dragging his feet? Because she's a female. I know it. Because he's like, uh, I don't know. He also did the same thing with the show Veep. He was like, I don't know if it's going to, like, I don't know if it's like that, you know, like maybe, it's not, I don't know if it's my kind of humor, whatever. It's exactly, he probably will say I didn't say it like that, <laughs> but he sort of did. That's oh, how I heard it. And next thing you know, I come home the other night, he's on a binge marathon watching <laughs> like five episodes in a row. And he's like, this show's hilarious. And I was like, he had to find it on his own. And I was like, if I've been trying to tell you about this for two months. This is the greatest show on television. <laughs> at least he agreed. I, at least he did. It's and you know what? Story. She talks about. So many issues that are so controversial and things that are so important to be educated on and and puts them in like a really funny way, but also brings light to issues that are super important, that things where we should all be going, oh my God. We need to do something about this. And, and it's it's not just women's stuff either. No, it's not just women's stuff. It's, you know, gun rights and voter stuff and... Uh, vaping. I just saw a whole episode about like the tobacco company and vaping and all this stuff. So check it out. Yeah. If you guys haven't watched it yet, or if you're like me and you go to bed like uh, really early, then, <laughs> you know, just DVR it and check it out because you will not be sorry. Not, or you can follow me on Twitter because I tw- retweet <laughs> a ton of their clips. So anyways, Miles Khan, uh, we're basically just going to be like, you know, fangirling over here the whole time. Right. Whenever I asked him to come on, I said, here's, do you remember when Chris Farley interviewed Paul McCartney? It's going to be like that, where he was like, remember that time? Yes. That was awesome. That's exactly <laughs> what it's going to be. So this won't be hard hitting journalism, no. but we're going to have fun. Yep. 
All right, let's just dive right in. So we're super fans. Huge. I mean, is this something you deal with on a daily basis with people? People being fans of me personally or being fans of the the shows I've worked for? Both. Both. I don't think I have any actual fans that I know of, myself wow. personally. I guess you, if you guys are my fans, that's that's delightful and lovely. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've been very fortunate to be on one very popular show, at least, and, and now uh, I, I think another burgeoning burgeoning popular show, which is a lot of fun. It's the best. <laughs> it no, is the best. I, it is, I, it's I, wonderful to work with super talented people. Like it's, a, it's, I'm not a religious person, but it's certainly a blessing. Oh, I'm like so, uh, I'm pre- like obsessed. It's not even funny. Monday nights are my favorite night because I come home from school and I sit down and it's on my DVR and I watch the show like three times. Oh and it's God, just like wonderful. a special Actually, time you know, for it's you. funny. My mom said that she has to watch the show twice, not because she likes it, but because Sam talks so fast. Well, th- I love that. <laughs> I like it because we're fast talkers over here at the Brain Candy Podcast. And so we, I, I appreciate that. But it's just freaking hilarious. And everything about it is wonderful. And I'm just a total super fan. So, Well, that thank you so much. It's so nice to hear. Well, we are, I mean, I would classify us as groupies even. Oh, yeah. Of that's, you, that's probably Miles, a better, so. better word for it. Wow. Groupie. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, so this is a this whole is new first, thing. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the show is pretty new. Do you feel like you guys are settling in or it's like chaos? What's happening for you on uh, work? No, I, I feel like we're over the initial chaos of it, which I, you know, it's, I didn't know what it would be. I didn't know how crazy. I thought I was like, maybe it will be like six months going nuts. But we did, we ended up, we did like three and a half test shows. And they, and by the second or third one, it was very clear that we had a show. Oh, it's so good. Uh, the first and second were a little nerve wracking because there's no set. It was like Sam standing on an Apple box. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, but by like the third and fourth test shows, uh, we started feeling really good about it. And we're like, oh, I think we actually have a show. It was still nutty, I'd say, through the first five episodes and I feel like everyone's kind of finding their groove. I feel like it, it feels like we figured out what our voice was really quickly, which was the toughest thing, but the thing that kind of just snapped really naturally for everybody. And that's, what's been really wonderful. You know how on shows, a lot of times people behind the scenes, compl- like writers complain about getting notes from the network. Ooh. Yes. That's do a you common guys, complaint. Do you guys have that problem or, or is that not true for you guys? No, I mean, look, there's, there, I, I'll say on the offset, and this isn't me kissing TBS's ass. They've been, they've been extraordinarily great as far as their notes and being fairly hands off with us and letting us figure out what, what we wanted to say and giving us as much freedom as they legally are allowed to give us to say what we want to say. Uh, Sam, uh, likes to shoot a bit of pie mouth. So they've they <laughs> let that, they've let that slide. They've kind of, you know, her voice is, is is a lot more uh God, I don't know what the word is. Not not as much righteous as it is, just it's just so in your face with her with her voice and PBS has only really encouraged that they've been really good. You, you get back notes that you don't always love. I know you know, but then you get you look at kind of how the show developed and we we were originally very worried about being on a Monday night and PBS kind of split was a no starter for them. They really wanted this on a Monday night and we were like, well this will give us a chance to do longer form pieces you know we don't have to worry about the news of the day as much and then it became very clear that tbs is very interested in hearing the news of the day yeah i wish it were every night of the week yeah why isn't it it should be it should be it's it's better than the daily show so (gasps) 
I mean, Sarah, but, uh, what? listen, I can't. I, well, we'll get to that in a second. But just to finish, because they said, hey, try this. Do, you know, make sure your first stack contains news of the day. Let's, let's, let's cover the news a little bit. And then we realized we, we did want to do that. So TBS pushed us, I think, to make sure that we included that in all of our shows. Mm. And it was, a, it was a good note that we weren't sure how it was going to work at first, mostly because we're like, we don't want to work on Sundays. <laughs> we don't want to have to put a show there. But, yeah. you know, occasionally we do, and it's worth it. And I think it, it, it I, I see what people are interested in talking about. Like, we did a show on the, on the Harriet Tubman, uh, the $20 bill. Oh, that was so funny. And <laughs> it was a wonderful piece. And I, and I look at the social media feeds, I'm like, it, that was the thing that people are talking about. So, and that was recent news. So, kudos to TBS for having the vision to sort so of you got point good us notes. in that direction. That's good. The yeah, farmer or whoever it was that you guys found who said that maybe we should put her on a $12 bill. And then you guys did the math and found out that was uh, three fifths of $20 <laughs> was the funniest <laughs> thing. I was dying. I'm like that. You couldn't have written that. <laughs> it's it was kind of, yeah, I don't know who figured that out. I wasn't around when somebody did the math on that, but man, that was good. Oh. That was so good. And that was like, that was a joke buried in the middle of the act. Yes, that's the best cut. And to so Jason Jones' credit, uh, one of our other executive producers and the wife of Sam, of course, he saw that joke and he said, that's the last joke of this act. Like, move it all around. That's what you end on. And that's that's like one of the fun things about the show is everyone kind of contributes and everyone is able to shape kind of how the content's going to work. It's It's been real nice. Well, and you guys also talk about some subjects that are... I mean, you know, you can somebody I'm sure can say all of it's controversial, but I think you guys discuss things like, um, you know, the rape kit. Uh, uh, we we like to find the yeah, most this, that segment. funny stories possible. What was <laughs> Challenge that? Challenge ourselves to find out what how we can possibly use this on a comedy show. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, well, rape, and you make yeah, it. Yeah, the rape the, kit thing was yeah, that was like it's depressing, it's sad, and we found a way to sort of use humor and indignation and anger to our advantage <laughs> in that story. Well, and bring attention to it. And I was just reading an article that they, they changed the legislator on that or legislative on that because, uh, because of that show, like it went in at the 11th hour and got attached to some yeah. other bill. We certainly, we certainly can't take all the credit. I think we pushed it to some national media and we embarrassed a few people. And yes. I think some legislators who were on our side there wanted to seize on that and push the issue. And yeah, they, they ended up passing this bill and, and we're we're very proud to have pushed the needle a little bit and, and make that happen. That's our first. That's our first thing that we've done that's actually like resonated. Well, it won't be the last direction. because it's so cool and it gets me fired up watching. And I mean, I like <laughs> am just sitting there yelling at my TV. But I'm sure some other you know better people than me are going to go out and do something about it. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, we were saying before you called that 
the downside, I suppose, to being someone that's creating change and having this creating a dialogue is that there's going to be backlash and trolls. Do you get a lot of that in social media or otherwise? Um, I guess it depends what we're talking about. I I shamelessly will scan Twitter the, during the show, during the airing of the show and afterwards. And I'm, I'm always curious to see how things play out in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, things are overwhelmingly positive. Like That's people, I, yeah, you have the occasional like misogynistic, like, she's ugly, stupid, libtard bitch. You wow. get that? Yeah. But that's to be expected. That's that's why you know that's Twitter. That's, that's so media. good to hear. Do people target you specifically ever? Rarely, rarely. I'll get something. We we did a piece on, we did a Bernie panel. Uh, oh, on Bernie <laughs> voters and and uh, you know it, it. People thought that we were in the tank for Hillary, or you know they were very angry. And I felt like we we seized on a, a reasonable criticism of Bernie. And we were very reasonable to the, to the people on the panel. I thought we were pretty fair and let mm-hmm. them talk. But, you know, people who have a point of view that Bernie is is, is not being true fair in the media, they're going to continue to have that view no matter what we do. So, yeah, there's a little bit of hate, but it's fine. That's, that's part of the game. Over the years that you've been doing this, has your position on anything political changed or evolved? I, uh, yeah, I say I, in a way I've become... I've maybe even pushed, believe it or not, to the middle a little bit more. Really? Uh, because I really do want it. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm an unabashed social liberal and, and I would say a feminist. And and I'm 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 extremely big on, on gay rights and transgender rights. Like I'm socially a, a, a dirty New York liberal. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but I also, I tend to like, I the idea of government spending is out of control. Government programs are mismanaged. I can't argue that that Republican point of view. I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. I think that is true. So, you know, I think there's like, I think there's, I think there's a centrist streak in our country that doesn't get represented mm-hmm. in the media. So even though we tread in a lot of very socially liberal stories, like we love to go, and this is from the Daily Show, John loved to go after supposed liberal causes that he also saw there was hypocrisy in. And I think we're always on the lookout for things uh, on the other side, on any other side. We're always trying to weigh the, the pros and the cons and, and uh, of any issue. And that's forced me to become a lot more like, a critical thinker politically. I Listen, I'm still, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm not going to vote for anyone on the Republican ticket. No, none of that appeals to me right <laughs> What, now, you but... mean Donald Trump isn't your number one guy? <laughs> no. Ted no. Cruz? Uh, Covered in slime, not for, your for, number for one guy. Me a comedy job, <laughs> my comedy job. I mean, it. were you just like, are you guys all just like thrilled at how things are going in this election? You it's, know, I mean, it's uh, a media person's like wet dream. <laughs> I I remember I remember when uh, when when George Bush was, was leaving and, and Obama was coming out on the Daily Show, everyone was saying, saying like, well, what's the Daily Show going to do? Well, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this guy who's this cool cat and everyone seems to like him right now. And it's like, don't worry, there's going to be lots of bullshit to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> right. Funny idiots. Like, if it wasn't Trump, it would have been something else. This it's, is true. Listen, it's highly entertaining. It's a complete disaster. So on one hand, yes, it makes our job maybe a little bit easier. But on the other hand, everybody's making the same Trump joke. So you have to find yeah. an original way to to look at the issue. You have to, like, when we did a whole piece on John Kasich, nobody was talking about Kasich. Every, he was coming off as this awestruck centrist. Yeah. And we looked into his issue. One of our writer's assistants, uh, a very uh, uh, successful, wonderful writer in her own right, Mitra Jahari, 
she was she's from Ohio. She said, "Oh no, we all hate Chinese in Ohio." <laughs> yeah, and and it sort of led us to do more research and see what his what his positions were, and we blew that that segment up. And no one was so for us. It's like how do you how do you do something that's original when everybody is seizing on Trump and and Ted Cruz, and so it, it forces us to be original in the same way. It's not always an easy joke. Um, and then the other side of it is, I'm sad as a human being that this is this is us. That this mm-hmm. is where we're at. Right. Yeah. So, well, no joke. Are you one of these people that kind of all the time you're eat, sleep, breathe, whatever your this um, your mind is always thinking about how you're gonna frame a segment or think of a joke or whatever? Or do you have a means that you can sort of escape and relax and not think about it? It's really it's really hard for me to turn off the yeah. looking for a story gene mm-hmm. in my brain now. Yeah. Like I can't like I'm if I'm on vacation, I'm I'm still looking at Twitter, I'm still looking at what's happening in the news cycle. I'm still very curious about how to tell news stories on our show. So sadly no. I'm <laughs> so it's like I left the Daily Show and I had this brief period where I wasn't really looking at politics as much. And I was like, Oh, this is nice and then I got pulled <laughs> right back in and and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a career criminal, but it's just like looking <laughs> looking for new stories. Well, so do you perform live still? Me personally, no. Yeah. No, no, you're I, not into it. Not, no, I, you know, I wanted to be an actor uh, when I was in high school. And I did a lot of high school theater. And I was also taking a video class. And I, my mother said to me, you're, you're, not a, you're not a very good actor. No! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Why don't you go to film school instead? <laughs> um, I love and mother's I must honesty. With her a little bit because I took her advice and I went to film school and I, I'm much happier behind the camera. I love doing a goofy cameo here and there, but now, yeah, yeah it's, I I think I'm too self-conscious to be a performer. So what, it's a skill that you I don't have anymore. <laughs> what's the trick to whenever you're writing for someone else? Whenever you know maintaining their voice but still your comedic integrity. Um, oh, right. Well, for Sam, uh, I, I had, I have the fortunate experience of working with her for 10 years and getting yeah. to know her voice. And so we'll, we'll be sitting in, in an interview and, you know, when you're producing one of these interviews, you're, you're constantly writing in the background and thinking of other jokes and you're feeding, you're feeding your correspondent stuff and you're working sort of as this like writer, writer talent team. And I'll be writing a joke in the moment, and then she'll say it, like, without me even mm-hmm. saying it. So mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate. I have a very strong connection with Sam. Uh, and I really feel like I know her voice really well. And so does Joe Miller, the, the head writer, another executive producer. She really has, has nailed what her live studio voice is um, in a way that's, I think, even better than we would have ever hoped. Uh, but for other performers, I don't know. I've had jobs where it's like I had to, like, write for Jay Moore for a job once. Mm. And, I, you know, I liked Jay. But I can't say I knew his entire stand-up act, so I just studied. I just listened to a stand-up act. Yeah. Listened to how he liked to phrase things and listened to key words and just kind of learn. I, I wrote a writing packet once for Bill Maher. It was the same thing. I didn't mm. watch a ton of Bill Maher. I just watched it. That's right. Here's yeah. how he sounds. Here's his cadence. It's, it's, just, it's a job. It's just research and learning. What makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? Like Sarah over here won't shut up about your show, and it, know, so <laughs> it makes her laugh constantly. What makes, well, what makes you guys laugh? I don't know. You. Oh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of heavy satire and like puns, and the, you know sometimes bad jokes that turn into good jokes. Like when you take oh, yeah. a bad joke too far, and then it turns into <laughs> yeah. a good joke. That's I love that. 
Listen, Miles, I just watched what, what Cheers. Did you, what was your, you guys, no, you guys are not, what was your first comedy love? That's what I would, that would have been the question. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah, oh, my I first comedy love was Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> really? Uh-huh, and her whole bit about, there's something that, in in one of, are you there? I think it's like, a, are you there, God? It's me, Ellen, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like a phone call. And yeah, it's like the phone call to God. And she does this whole bit about a shark attack and like then going into a cave and like, a, and it's just one of the funniest things I've ever heard. So, and it was the joke that kept going and like wouldn't end. And then I, I love those. So how about you? Mine's a, mine's a too embarrassing. We, no, you have to. Well, we've already talked about it on the show. How I, when I was in junior high, I was obsessed with Jayla. Oh, right. <laughs> but I've recovered. Okay. Um, but I've she still wears head to head, head to toe denim every now and then, just for old times' sake. People were okay with Jay. <laughs> you are you okay with Jay? No, not, you're no. not. Because you have respect. <laughs> no, I, Comedy. I don't. I don't have any. Listen, I don't have any like this. I am not like that. I have no personal connection to him at all. I can't like I. I just never really watched his Tonight Show, and it was a format I didn't always love. So, I mean, uh, to be fair, it, I was like twelve. Sticky. Yeah, he and was. She had a thing for chins. I. <laughs> what if that were true? <laughs> what if it were? Uh, <laughs> were you wait now? Were you just were you attracted to Jay Leno or you? I think she was. I was. This is a nightmare. What is happening? It's, I thought that he was just like so sweet and like a teddy bear and oh, gross. I cannot believe. Give you a ride home from school and one of his millions I of cars. I think I had daddy yeah, issues that were probably. put on to Jay. If, we, if we looked at like your Facebook page with all your ex-boyfriends have like the kids. Like a question. We're going to have to wonder. <laughs> I think, well, it, my relationship with Jay over the years devolved because I realized he wasn't so nice after all and not f- funny at all. But I, there was like just this late night thing. I also loved Letterman and I was 12, 13. They were the first comedians I ever really saw, I think. And I never even realized you could do that as a job until I watched those shows. So I don't know. I'm over it now. It's okay, guys. But I do just obsess right, we- over Cheers. That's all I do. The show. I really do. Do you watch any old shows like that? Like uh, sitcoms? Or are you anti? No, I, I, no I, I love catching up on old things. I think, uh, not that I sit and watch a lot of Seinfeld. When it was like heavy and reruns oh. like 10 years ago, I would always sit down and watch it or Simpsons or all of those things are great. But there's, there had to, like, the comedy has exploded in the last like 10 years. Like, there's so much good stuff. Like Silicon Valley and Veep. Or, oh, or all Silicon Valley is so good. He said fabulous. Veep, too. That's <gasps> Veep's one of my favorites, too. Woo-woo. You guys are soulmates. Are you single? What's your deal, Miles? <laughs> Susie, What's I'm that? married. <laughs> That's not the point. Okay. Miles, are you single? <laughs> Am I saying, no, no. I oh. live with a wonderful girl who's a baker. Oh, oh, that's, that's right, then. precious. <laughs> yes. She's, she's a fabulous baker, and I don't get to eat much of her baking. She Man, that would combine two of my favorite things if I knew you guys. Right? I would get stoned, watch like <laughs> Samantha B, and eat all of her baked goods. Does well, she... She, does, she, she makes a lot of stuff for our show. That's kind of like, that's been her thing. Is huh. She just she bombards the places I work with with her baked goods until they start ordering stuff somewhere. What's the best thing but that she, she still, makes? She still makes stuff for, for Trevor, which is nice. She's <laughs> Trevor Noah. Is that part of what you were attracted to? The baking? Yeah. I didn't know. See, when I met her, she was, she was a, she's a photo editor at a, at a magazine. Cool. Uh, so I didn't even know this was like her thing. Oh, it's so hipster. No, I just like that. 
I was just like, she was short and cute, and that's about Aww. it. And took it from there. And not crazy, not a not a nutty girl. Wow, good for I, you. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. You deserve <laughs> it. You deserve a sane human being to share your life with and eat pastries every day. Does she <laughs> bake like for you, or is it one of those things where it's like she does it all the time, so she's over it when she gets home? No, I mean, she's constantly baking, obviously, uh, but she doesn't bake for me. I, I'll get, like, her <laughs> cookies or, like, you like lick a spoon. To taste it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you lick her spoon? This is turning into a different kind of show now. <laughs> That's, see, it, <laughs> baking really does invite a lot of that innuendo. Like, pie, come on. Yeah, yeah, that, that is... <laughs> Um, so, okay. We do know there's no dirty talk, like food dirty talk. Oh, <laughs> gross. Any food related <laughs> sex stuff. We had another episode on that. It's never no, good. It doesn't no, end well. And often right. ends with trips to the hospital. So look out. I'm surprised that your Twitter is so funny. Cause that's how much I, I love your Twitter so much. And I am surprised that you're even willing to share any jokes on there because I would be wanting to hoard them for your job. Um, yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll hold I'll hold ideas back, and I figure like, oh, we're gonna do something on this. This is I'll I'll see I'll float this idea out, and then if the idea doesn't take, I'll if no one likes my joke, I'll try it out. Yeah, it's like an incubation uh, but thing. I, I consciously don't. I just, I just I don't know. It's just like thought diarrhea. Yeah. It just, it just happens. Mm. And it's a weird, it's a weird, I don't even know. It's a dumb thing. Twitter's dumb. Right? What's going to happen? It. Are we like going to be over this soon or what? I'm like ready for. What? I what are you saying, know. Sarah? I just like so, social. I, it's exhausting, man. It's invigorating. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I just um, want to observe like voyeuristically. I don't want to be involved. But have you moved to, to like snap? Chat and, oh, that's and the worst. Are uh, you like putting your face on a cat's face? Like, what? I Wait, are you on, on there? No, are you on there, Miles? I know. I, I that's the thing. I haven't. I, I just. I feel like I found. I'm like an old man. I'm like, I'm yeah. stuck on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know all these kids on their Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat either. <laughs> Susie's all about it, though. Well, I do it because I feel like I have to, but I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. <laughs> I do it, but I don't like it. Um, we have a That's final. It's become a, it's become a chore for people. It's like, oh, I got to catch up on my Snapchat and my Instagrams and how many likes did I get. Yeah. It becomes this addiction, and uh, you know, I'm I'm guilty You're of it. You're putting your foot I down. If that I just Twitter. stick to one yeah. social media platform, maybe maybe that'll keep me well in the head for a little while longer. We yeah. like to ask everybody one final question, which is, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? What do I keep in the trunk of my car? Uh, I gotta go through it mentally. Yeah. Uh, well, spare tire, obviously. What do you mean, yeah. obviously? That's well, that's, most but people not... should have a spare tire somewhere in their car. Yeah, uh, but isn't it hidden? Or is it just yeah, out in the yet. open? It's, oh, okay. it's hidden. It is hidden. It okay. is hidden. So in the trunk itself, yeah. the hatchback. So in, you know, it's 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 like a can of WD forty, a couple of rags. Wait, what's the WD forty for? Anything that squeaks. Well, you, never know, you never know until you need it. I get that. <laughs> Wait, what you. is squeaking all the time with you guys? You WD forty has like a million uses. Yeah, huh. it's great. All right, you never know. Okay. Uh, toolkit. It's not. It's the bungees. But... It's, I got nothing. It's it's pretty unexciting. It's expo. It's a hatchback, so I can't fill it with all sorts of crazy shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, but you got like the tools. That says a lot. 
You're a troubleshooter. Yeah, we like, like that. Yeah, troubleshooter. Ready for anything, troubleshooter, fixer. <laughs> if there was a problem, well, to, be, to be clear, Miles will solve I it. wouldn't know what to do if something happened to my car, but I have like pliers and jumper cables and like I can do that. Much. You're That's so manly and handy with your trunk. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad I protect that image, which is completely false. But what yes, about like um, reusable bags or an umbrella or something? Don't try to put don't try <laughs> to put things in, project and put things in his trunk, sis. I thought maybe he forgot to mention those things. That's all. What do you guys keep in your trunk? Oh gosh! Yes, Sarah. Don't even get. Well, I. She's have, one of like, those car hoarders. Yeah, sort not. I mean, it's not bad now, but I have a dog, so I have like a dog mat in the back, and I have a apocalyptic survival kit in the back filled with everything to survive for like a month. That's cool. I like that. And like the normal stuff, like 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 literally like a, like canned food and stuff like that. Well, not like canned food, but like water purification tablets and a fishing kit. And like, if shit went down, you'd probably, (laughs) yes, it's like a small, Susie laughs at me, but if shit went down, you you would want to be hanging out with me. (laughs) I'm sorry. Wait, a fishing kit. It comes in a little, like, almost looks like an Altoid can, and it's like an emergency fishing. Look, Suze, if <laughs> shit happens, I need to be ready. I don't know what the apocalypse is going to bring. I don't know if I need to be fishing on my own. Like, I'm just ready, just in case. That is awesome. Do you, do you fish otherwise, like outside of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, oddly not in the United States, but my mom lives in Costa Rica, so I fish down there. But What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. You know what I like about you, Miles, is you have managed to turn this whole thing around. You didn't even answer um, who you think is no. funny. I know. I was, think- <laughs> I was just thinking that. He's, he's yeah, making I'm us. Surprised, I'm surprised you guys remember. That's how my trick works. <laughs> <laughs> You're, but why are you, you know, deflecting? Yeah. Uh, I'm not deflecting. It's such a general question what I find funny. I, I, like, there's uh, hundreds of things that I, that I laugh who? at. Soon? Yeah, we, uh, you, we 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 talked about our first comedy crushes or our first comedy loves, but we uh, uh first comedy stuff. Yeah, that's like uh, like Woody Allen or or Monty oh. Python or or, yes. or or you know the seventies SNL. That's kind of David yeah. Letterman. That's where I got all my original like whatever was on TV that was funny that I could watch. I would watch. I love Mel Brooks, uh, even though now he's a little campy to my taste. I yeah, still uh. have a thing for Mel. Um, so all that old, like, Jewy, <laughs> yeah, yes. like, I grew up on, and, uh, uh, and I went to film school because I liked a lot of very dark comedy stuff, like, mm. like Terry Gilliam's movies, like Brazil, which, or, or Coen Brothers, or so the darkly comedic stuff, or yeah. weird stuff like that, I, I really loved, but yeah, then cause... modern stuff, um, I'm, and I'll, I, I, I send my love and peace to, to Patton. He had a terrible loss this week. Yeah. Uh, he is he is he is my favorite stand up, I think, of all time. He's a wonderful man and uh I'm so sad to hear about his loss, but he is he is an inspiration as a comedian. Yeah. So good, he's so smart and just so raw and I, I love him to death. He seems like similar to you in the way that it seems like I don't know if it's true, but it seems like he's always thinking and is always trying to innovate 
and doesn't really stop. It, he just keeps moving. That the nicest thing you could you could say, and the nicest is that I have anything in common with Patton and, and how mm-hmm. smart he is, smart and funny and wonderful he is. He's just he, he knocks my socks off, and he's a he's a fan of our show, and that's got to be the good for me. That's the coolest thing that he knows yeah. he knows what I'm doing is so fucking exciting for me. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's and Louis is is wonderful. There's something about Patton to me that, that I connect with, and I think it's his like his. I think he lived as a nerd. Yeah, for long yeah. Enough. and and I I might not have outwardly been a nerd, but I I liked really nerdy things, and I love I love the nerds who I grew up with, and and so I I, I, feel I have a kinship with his nerdness and his geekness that I really love. See, I'm glad you answered. That was a nice story. It was. Thanks for opening <laughs> up to us. Safe place, your place. <laughs> All right, well, you are off the hook. We love you so much. And we're just grateful oh, well, that you, you keep um, being hilarious. Hey, and, also... and congratulations. I think, didn't you guys just get like locked down for 26 more episodes or something like that? We are we are through the end of the year, yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Thank you so Wonderful. much. You make my Monday Thank nights very exciting. And yeah, you improve people's lives. That's quite a nice thing to do with your life well, and get paid for it. When it happens, it's thrilling. I can't count on it always happening. But, uh, yeah, I'll take it when I can take it. Thank you so much to Miles. How great is he? Awesome. And, well, exactly what we said was going to happen. We just fangirl the whole time. And Do you feel like, I didn't think it was possible, but I think you love him even more now. I do. <laughs> your- well, and then I find that his girlfriend's a baker and, like, they just do <laughs> cute, like, come on, that's, like, adorable. My favorite TV adorable. show and now you're going to have somebody else who's going to give me snacks. Great. I don't know why I was trying to set you up with him, but. <laughs> I'm I mean, married. It just seems like some one of us should be dating miles and i knew i can't and so i'm sorry landon anyway i was surprised that he said he got a little more conservative over time but or yeah and i think that's interesting and makes you realize like whenever you really learn about the issues you might be surprised at how you feel about them information is what's important to your people is just keep learning yourself with all the tools to be informed and keep yeah keep learning and keep laughing Yeah, it's turning into a real special show. (laughs) Hey, this is Doug Gottlieb, and um, I've got my own brand new podcast called Doug In. What we do is we take the absolute best interviews from the week, and we cut them up, and we present it in a nice little tight package, and I think you'll love it. Plus, I have unique commentary that I only reserve for the podcast. See, we give you the inside of the Doug Gottlieb show. You can get it by going to play.it slash Doug In, or search Doug In on iTunes. Love if you join me. That's dug in. Search on iTunes or play.it slash dug in. You're listening to the Brain Candy Podcast with Susie Meister and Sarah Rice. Our last guest. I know. I know our fan base. I know this mm-hmm. is what you've all been waiting we for. We save the best for last. <laughs> I mean, everybody loves good old TJ Lavin. TJ Lavin. The teach. <laughs> Teach Meister. Teach. What if? Ten take teach. Ten, <laughs> ten take teach. Now he's gotten better. He's like two take teach now. You know what? He's the best because he laughs at himself. He wouldn't oh, he's mind. Oh, so funny. He's so great. about that. And what a badass. Um, when, what is the first show? Oh, The Ruins was yeah. when you met TJ. Uh-huh. Do you feel like he's different now? Uh, I think he's, he's different with me. I feel like I, he kind of. I think he like there's this like feeling out phase where he was like like and who are you? I, yeah who are you and also are you just going to be one of these other girls on here and you know what TJ called me out when I 
hooked up with when I had my like crazy challenge uh, on fresh meat too. Yeah. Like we went to a challenge like the day after I got crazy at the party the night before. I don't know if he was talking about me or just talking about everybody, but he was like, oh yeah, I hear some people in here are really like, you know, getting crazy, especially for the first night. And it was totally like, I felt like he was just like saying, Sarah, you. <laughs> He's interesting. Because party animal you. He doesn't drink. No. And, but he's super into poker. So I see him playing poker a lot, which oh. usually I associate with, you know, drinking and night, nightlife. Yeah. Um, but that he's, just shows you that everybody needs advice. Yeah. He's into clean living though. And yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so my relationship went with him probably judging me like that. And then after I started getting real stoked on challenges, he always like gave me props because well, could, I can know. see why. I mean, and, I'm sure he's uh, impressed with you. Well, there was uh, an interview he did a little while ago where he was asked who would he choose as female partner out of anybody, and he chose me. That's so nice. But for the males, so he deserved. chose Johnny Bananas. So He did? Yes! All right, we're going to have to ask him about that. So yeah. TJ's but, in I mean, the hot on, seat. He picked the fir- perfect team. He picked who we got as a team this, uh, That's true. this season. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Teej. Hi. Are you ready for this? Yes. Well, it's, it's really funny to be on this side of things because usually I'm the one who's sitting there listening to you waiting for instruction. So I'm just like enjoying this moment while with you sitting here waiting to hear what I'm going to say to you. Yeah, so can it. <laughs> All right. Do you have some like <laughs> intense questions for Teach? Yeah, not really. Really, I'm just going to like fangirl him and just like, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. What inspired you? Because you, Sarah, said you had a desire to ask TJ some questions based on a different interview. Yeah, well, TJ, I heard the interview that you did. I don't even know who it, it... It must have been... I think it was like the fantasy sports people, maybe, who asked you who you're to... Um, who you'd pick as your partners if you could do any challenge. Um, and you were nice enough to say me and Johnny. Um, but also on that podcast, you mentioned, they talked to you about being fearless and you mentioned how you weren't scared really of anything because you already died. And I thought that I listened to that with like a shocked look on my face because that is so crazy and i mean it's true and it's just insane i just wanted to hear a little more about like what being fearless is like since you watch all of us like shaking in our boots all the time <laughs> well it's it, i can't say that i'm um I'm, I'm fearless because i am scared of of things like like losing family members and things like that like i feel really scared about that you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i'm i'm worried and scared about my dog's getting hurt or anything like that. Like I'm very, very, those are my fears, you know, like when it comes to being scared of something or worried about something, that, that is pretty much it. Um, as far you know, as far as like being scared to walk across a, a line hanging 30 feet over some water, that, that is zero fear. Yeah, not, not really even, a problem. Not even a little bit, but, but because it, it's, at the end of the day, like the worst case scenario is, is you mess up. So, and that, that really like, like something that I find that helps a lot with, with physical activity is being mentally ready, you know, because if, if you can mentally put yourself into the victory circle, then, then that's, that's half the battle right there. Like, so if you had a, you know, if, if I was on the challenge, then the, the challenge would be to, to, to keep myself level headed enough 
to perform at peak performance. You understand? Like to be, be as yeah. best as I can at that moment because, uh, like, if you if you you know, like in fighting, if you let emotion get involved and you, you're emotional and you start getting pissed, then you're not going to think straight and you're not going to do everything that you've been trained to do. And the same as like riding bicycles, like even if I was in the X Games, it was the 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 last jump at the X Games is a big deal, and then and you had to perform it and make it happen no matter what. You have to put that 100 percent out of your mind. It has to be you're doing it, no worries, and that's it. You know, there's it's, it's just like it's not a if you're going to do it, it's when. You know, and no hesitation. That's it. Yeah, I, that's like. Do you see that? That's you know maybe where people make the mistake on these challenges is you see like you know in that moment I, I especially like on the last one you know I was watching it was when Nani and Wes had to jump onto that bar and Wes jumped and and it was like a one two three go and you know Wes jumped and then Nani just in that moment hesitated and you know missed her shot and I mean you kind of get more of a close up view. Do you see people that moment where fear takes over? Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but, but like, they're, they're when I say normal people, I'm saying like everybody's a normal person. But they're they're people that haven't been exposed to that side of things for a minute, you know, or right. ever. You know, maybe they've been coddled their whole life, or they've they've not put themselves out there, which. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. There's there's people that, that never get hurt in their whole entire life. Go all the way until they're dead, and they're good. They just stub their toe, maybe. You know, so it's that's a smart way to go, but I don't know, whatever. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, I think a lot of, like, how you and I are talking about it, how we're talking about it today is, like, fear for doing things that are physically difficult. But I think the same kind of technique or method and everything can be applied to something like, you know, asking a girl out on a date that you really like and you've been scared to talk to or like, you know, uh, going in for the promotion for the job that you've been waiting for that maybe you've been like terrified to talk to your boss about. That's like the same kind of like no hesitation. You just have to do it. It's like fear in a different way. Uh, yeah, kind of. There's definitely a lot of similarities and that's, that's you know, you 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 can definitely be overconfident too. Like think, thinking that you got this no problem and try and go ask that girl out and just come off like such an idiot. So <laughs> you got to be careful with that, you know, because if you're like overly confident and that's the same as in sports, like yes. if a person goes into a ring overly confident, then he's going to get owned, you know, he's going to get owned. And, and maybe the, maybe the fighter is far less superior than him you know he's way more better he's way better than the guy but then at the end of the day he loses because he when they're overconfident and just super uh maybe a little bit uh like what's the word for it like like when you're way overconfident it's almost yeah yeah and just like a narcissistic yeah yeah, a little bit too much narcissism and all of a sudden it's done though we see that all the time on the challenge, I feel like. Yeah, we do all the time. I see kids like come off starting off like saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man," and yada yada yada. And then like two challenges into it, I'm like, "Dude, like man, I'm really waiting for this kid to bust out of his shell because he he really thought he was badass." Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting to. Sarah told me that on this season in general, that there's a lot more. Um, 
uh, variety. It's not all physical. There's uh, some mental games. And I think, you know, we saw that in the preview coming up for the nudity that <laughs> we're about to see. And um, I was wondering if you as the host have a preference in terms of do you prefer like the really physical gnarly stuff or do you like the puzzles and things like that that sort of, you know, make it a little more even, especially gender wise? Um, I like I like sometimes when they're when they're uh, there's an equalizer in it, you know, like yeah. where and brawn wins, that's it. I like it when there's there's a certain aspect of balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like it when there's balance and agility involved. So, mm-hmm. like a little guy has a chance. Yeah. Um, I, I like it when there's a puzzle or something like that that's along with the agility, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so, so that like a little guy that's smart has a chance, you know, or a girl. And it's 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 like if there's a perfect challenge, it's probably the one that a girl can beat the guy in. That's that's pretty badass. Yeah. Like if there's a girl can beat a guy legitimately straight up without any kind of whatever. Yeah. That's a pretty good challenge. You know, that's an awesome challenge. I think we saw a few of those on this season. I think people are, are, should be excited for the challenges that are to come because I think more than any season plays into like brains and, well, I wonder if that's because the showrunner is now a female. I bet. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I would think it would influence the types of games that are played. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have one that stands out though over the years where you think, you know, that's really something I would have loved to do or something that I would have been uh, interested to see how I performed at or anything like that? You personally? Uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, like there's been a couple times that I, I, I wanted to do it, and and one one of them that I really love is the trampoline one in South Africa. Why? Gosh, that challenge lives in infamy. <laughs> Why did you love it? Because I I actually raced to go there, and and to to beat Justin there because I wanted to try it out. What? And, so you tested it? And, Oh wait! On purpose to try it out. There you are. We couldn't hear you for a second. So you raced to South or to the uh, location so that you could test it. Yeah, I, I raced all the way there, and and like, I mean, we're talking like some pretty damn good speed, and <laughs> and like, I went all the way there, and he was about ten to fifteen minutes behind me, maybe five minutes behind. I don't know how however long. However long it took for me to get out of the car, run over to the trampoline, go through the whole thing, and then and then be done is how how much I beat him by because he he came there when I jumped onto the last box. And he's like, TJ, get off of there. I was like, oh shit. Sorry. He probably didn't want you to hurt yourself because nobody wants the host, you know, locked up in the yeah, hospital. But that girl got it, broke her leg. I know. What the heck is her name? I, I know. And then, and then like, Star. and then later on that day or not even later on, like that morning, that's when that shit went down. And, and that, girl, <laughs> that girl, she got snapped off testing it. And <sighs> and I was like, man, thank you, Justin. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's real funny. We were wondering, but we were brainstorming about what we wanted to know from you. And um, my husband actually said he wanted to know what you thought of the Are You The One Kids? Because we've been getting a lot of questions about like what we think about them. Um, it's 
it's unfair to put everybody into a category, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not very impressed yet. You know, I yeah. I have to say that, and and like you can't say that every are you the one kid is, is going to suck mm-hmm. just because one quit. Like it, that's that's definitely a soft thing to do, but. You know, it is what it is. Sometimes I feel like those Are You the One kids are there more for the drama than for the, I don't know, actual point of the challenge. And maybe I feel like maybe it's just us veterans who look at it like real serious, but <laughs> the Are You the One kids don't. Yeah, I believe you. I, I'm with you. I think that I think that they don't really get it yet. I don't, I don't know, Teach. I felt like you were a little hard on. Wasn't he Brendan? No, Brandon? I'm so happy. That's my favorite <laughs> thing TJ's ever said. Like, not going to miss you. See you never. <laughs> don't take care. See you never. TJ. Yeah, don't take care. Hope to see you never. <laughs> Hope to and see that's, you that's never. I've used. I've used that a lot of times, you know, like like whenever I'm in anywhere or whenever I'm at a place that, that was horrible and, and, and I hated it, then it's like the opposite of, okay, take care. Hope to see you soon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's the exact opposite of that. So that's why I say that. But Teach, like, here's what you said. You said, you know, have you seen the show to this kid? Did you not know what you were getting into? I would argue, Teach, that he maybe didn't know what he was getting into because it does look different than it really is. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, it is a little, not really. No, it's pretty, it's pretty damn like that. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, okay, there's a lot of boring times too. Yeah. And there's a lot of times that you have to be, you know, relaxed, maybe. That's fun, though. But but that kid was just going home because he missed his girlfriend. That was (laughs) Yeah, really. Like, you know know why I get so pissed off about that, Susie? Because there's a million people out there that would do anything to get on that show. And he's taking up a place. Yeah, He's taking up somebody's chance to go on there and make it happen, you know, and make... And make a name for themselves and make, you know, make good on what they want to do. And that's, that's some bullshit, man. You're just going to come on there and then just quit like nothing like that's and not even be bummed about it. (laughs) Right. Well, especially I think when you have a partner and then they have to go home too, that's pretty bad. I was really sad that Trishel, when we were on Rivals 2 in Thailand and Trishel quit on me, I'm really sad that she packed her bags and left in the middle of the night. So she didn't get yelled at by you. (laughs) She's fine. I know. That was really, I was really sad about that, too. <laughs> I was like, ah, dang it. I wish TJ were here to tell her off for me because I'm just going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely have handled that situation. But we haven't seen her again, right? No. No, she knows better. <laughs> yeah. um, Teach, doesn't your family get sick of you being away all the time or what? Yes. Yeah, it's a bummer, right? Yeah, it is. And, and they, they don't like that. But at the end of the day, it's like they get to see me and get really bored of me yeah. all the rest of the year and get really like, why is he still here Yeah. Um, the rest of the year? And then all of a sudden I, I'm gone for a minute. So it is long, long weeks that we're gone, but it's not that bad. Yeah. And you're not exactly, you know, like living in squalor when they set you up. So that's nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we were talking before we called you about... Um... How you're a no booze guy? Yeah, I never drank in my life. Only one time. What's your vice? You have a vice, or is it just adrenaline stuff? Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm definitely that. Um, I, I'm trying to chill out on that stuff though, because 
they don't they don't take kindly to that in the fire department. Uh, yeah, no, no joke. <laughs> what do you mean? What do they say? When you're doing doing like things like that, you have to you have to check the the, the adrenaline stuff at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta like be pretty damn humble and and not nerd, not not like and not take big risks. Not a wild child, exactly. Yeah. You gotta be like pretty damn chill. Yep. Um, because it's not just you anymore. You know. Yeah. Do you are you passionate about your work with the, with the fire department? Yes, yes. Um, I'm very passionate to get on there. I mean, it's very hard to get to get on there. It's a full time job just trying to get the job. There's Absolutely. So many people trying to get on there and trying to do it, and I just keep taking classes and keep going through EMT school and and just different schools and stuff like that. Meanwhile hosting shows and then having the businesses and stuff keeping going. Yeah. So it's it's going uh it's going good. I want to ask you something that I know Sarah would want me to ask but she won't ask, which is why did you choose her as your um hypothetical female partner? Cuz I think that if if you go into each challenge how she goes into it, which is very happy and very cool, then you have a better chance of winning. Hmm, that's and, what I'm saying. Like her, her athleticism and stuff is is right there. She's she's right there at the top with all the other girls. So, yeah. But like there, if if there's like a, a a cutoff of good and bad, she's definitely in the good category um, for for athleticism. Mm-hmm. For the puzzles, she's definitely in the good category. For the for the um, agility, she's definitely in the good. You know, she's not. Yeah. She's not a monkey fucking a football out there. She's doing her thing. <laughs> well, that just means the world to me because, you know, I really have always looked up to you and, like, you know, for being fearless and doing the things that you do and just having the right mental, uh, you know, attitude. And, and it's definitely helped me along the way as well. Do you have any enemies? Um, yeah. Teach, not Sarah. I know she does. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um. You don't have to I name them, but I can't even imagine so. anyone having a negative feeling towards you. He's the nicest. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if people have negative feelings towards me or not, but I, I definitely don't have any enemies on my end for yeah. sure. Like I'm free as a bird because I think that if you have negative feelings, like if I had negative feelings about somebody that I was trying to hold on to in my life, then I would call them and then we'd go eat lunch and be better. You know what I mean? Like. You just have to just handle it like adults, I guess. Oh, he's so nice. Wise words. Well, <laughs> do you have any uh, final questions for Tej? Uh, well, you know, I think we covered what I wanted to cover. Did you? Oh, I wanted to know for the Naked um, episode coming up, what did you think of that? Did you think that that was disturbing in any way? Yeah. How about that? Them Dude, forcing us to run naked. That, when I was reading the script, I didn't get the script till that morning. Yeah. And when I was reading the script, I was like, are they really going to get naked? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And they were like, no, yeah, they're really getting naked. I was like, okay. <laughs> so they knew. This is interesting. So they knew. I mean, even though they gave us the option of eat birthday cake or run naked. I mean, it's, well, let's yeah. all agree. It's physically impossible for a human being <laughs> to eat an entire sheet cake. Right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, I think that we thought a couple of people were going to try, but no one did. I mean, and then they set it up in the rules where they were like, well, the last one is the only one that you could switch. Like if you start doing one, you could switch and do the other if one's too difficult. So it almost sounded like, well, if you try to eat a birthday cake, but you can't, 
you can get take your clothes oh. off and you can switch your mind, you know, change your mind and go running naked. And, you know, as I just in a way, a little bit of me, well, not a little bit, a lot of me feels like I was kind of forced to run nude. Like it was a false uh, choice. There wasn't really a choice you feel. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, we're about to, we'll see it. I can't yeah. wait. Although I'm disturbed. Um, all right. Well, TJ, we love you. And uh, I love you guys too a lot. So we appreciate you. You're so nice to us. Call me anytime. Call me anytime. No worries. Thanks, buddy. And Thanks. everybody uh, should follow TJ. What's your handle on Twitter, Teach? TJ Lavin. TJ Lavin on Twitter. It's like, it's very, very original. Like, <laughs> How did you come up with that? <laughs> I know. It's so gnarly. And that's, you know what? That's what I put on Instagram, too. Oh, <laughs> wow. Consistently I original. Did, I know. But then somebody stole it on, on Snapchat. Like, so on my oh, Snapchat, it's Lab's Lab, L-A-V-S-L-A-B. Okay, oh. Labs Lab on. Labs Lab. Oh, hey, that sounds cool. I like Snapchat. it. Who would do that? Who would yeah. steal your? You should follow whoever has yours and see what they're doing every day. I guarantee you, it's not, <laughs> not as good cool as you. Definitely not as helpful or as I tried to call them and, and talk to them, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't have it. Oh well, maybe he can be your enemy. You uh, can call us anytime <laughs> instead. Yeah. Yeah, call us. Thank you so much, TJ. Have a great day. You too. Take care, guys. See Bye. Thank you so much to TJ for coming on the Brain Candy Podcast. It's so great to talk to him all the time and get his point of view. And before we go, we want you to try a third love bra. The search is over for the comfiest, most magical bra ever. It's made out of memory foam. And you can try it for free for 30 days. You can wash it, wear it, uh, take the tags off. And if you love it, you keep it. If not, you send it back. Go to thirdlove.com slash Susie and give it a whirl. See what you think. You will not be sorry. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week for more Brain Candy Podcasts.